Coal is one of those natural resources on our earth. It's dirty and it's grimy. But when you take coal and you put it underneath intense pressure, it turns into a diamond. You know, doubt is kind of like that. Doubt can be transformed into something spectacular. Doubt can lead to a deeper faith. When we doubt, God's response is not wrath, but patience. It's far from punishing us for what we did wrong or doubting followers. God honors those who truly seek after him with earnest questions and with doubt. Like coal turning into a diamond, our doubt can turn into hope. And that's what this series is all about that we're beginning today. You know, next week, we're going to be talking about turning doubt into hope when God's promises seem unrealistic as we explore Abraham's story. The following week, we'll be talking about turning hope into doubt, or doubt into hope when God's presence seems non-existence as we explore doubting Thomas. But today, we're going to be talking about turning doubt into hope when life just seems too overwhelming. We're going to be turning the pages to the Old Testament as we explore the story of Gideon, which really is highlighted in, the, in Judges chapter 6 and 7. And let me just encourage you to please read those two chapters at some point this week. We're, going to, we're not going to be able to hit every detail, but this is such a fascinating story with so much insight that we can take in in our own faith journey. At this time, the Bible says that the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and he gave them over to the hand of the Midianites for seven years. And the Midianites were extremely awful people. They were powerful, and they were oppressive, and so much so that they, the, the Israelites found themselves living in caves and mountain clefts. And the Midianites completely impoverished the Israelite people. You know, they destroyed all their crops. When the Israelites tried to take care of themselves and, and plant their food, the Midianites would come in and just camp all over the land and destroy their land so much and destroy all the crops. And the Bible says that they ravaged the land and spared nothing. The Midianites absolutely impoverished the Israelite people. That they cried out to the Lord for help. Understand something here. The troubles all began when the Israelites turned their focus away from God and turned it to themselves. The Bible describes this as them doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. And by all accounts, it took the Israelite people seven years of hardship to finally cry out to the Lord and call to him for help. How did this happen? How is this possible for a people who walked with God, who saw God do extraordinary stuff, all of a sudden get so self-focused? But you know what? Honestly, I think it's a human nature thing. And if we're not careful, we're all going to succumb to it. I like to call it the lore of the moment, which causes us to lose focus on the eternal. And my friends... Please know this. We need to be very cautious with the lore of the moment. This is often when we, when the, where the disconnect occurs with God and mankind. God's focus is eternal. It's beyond the physical realm. And all this day-to-day -day stuff, it's not really his main agenda. 
God has a bigger picture focus. But for mankind, living in the physical realm, we are so lured by the moment. What's happening this year, or this month, or this week, or this day? And what the lore of the moment does is actually clutter our minds and clutter our focus. And when our mind is full of clutter, you know what happens? In that moment is when we feel overwhelmed. And when we feel overwhelmed, then we begin to feel stressed. And when we're stressed with life, we often grab onto anything, something, just to provide, provide some clarity in my journey. And I think this is what happened with the Israelites. And many times for us today, it's what happens to us. This is the battle of doubt that we're in. Trying to protect our minds from the lore of the moment and focus on the eternal, the bigger picture, should be our aim. This is about truly trusting God. It's written in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. To build trust, we need to be real and we need to be honest with ourselves. Can I be real with you just for a moment? Please hear me out on this. I feel this is something that God might be trying to speak to us in this crazy, crazy year that we're in right now. One of our weaknesses as American Christians is our ability to be real and authentic. We need to trust in God and lean on him rather than our own understanding, rather than our own opinions, rather than how we feel we should make life turn out. Because you know what? We're always going to get it wrong. and It's just going to clutter things up. This is exactly what God was trying to speak into the lives of the Israelites. Life was overwhelming because their minds were cluttered due to them being lured into the moment. And now it's time to be real. Now it's time to be honest. And for us to take this journey, we need to be real and honest with our doubt and with where we're at. And here's three things that we see in Gideon's story that we need to be honest with. The first is we need to be honest with what you listen to. Where is God in the clutter of everything our mind takes us in on a daily basis? Where is he? Where, where's he at? Where's, where's he at? Are we listening to him at all? Here are the words that God says for the, has for the Israelites going back to um, Gideon's story through a prophet that God sent to speak to them. In Judges 6 verse 10, it's written, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in those land you live, but you have not listened to me. Wow, what strong words. I told you, but you did not listen to me. The people did not listen to God and therefore they disobeyed him. And here's what happened to the Israelites. They chose to not listen to God. Then reading between the lines of the story, as the Midianites and the Amorites took over their land, I can only assume a culture war began to take place. Whose God will we worship? Which God will we praise? Which God will we lean on? And this understanding is enforced later on in this story. And make no, make no mistake about it. 
every society throughout history has had a culture war. And we're in a culture war today. What we tune into is what saturates our minds and oftentimes creating clutter, then in turn causing us to go down undesirable paths and pulling us away from our focus on Jesus. In our, if our minds are being saturated with anything other than straight up scripture, you know, the word of God, then our minds are on a slippery slope of becoming cluttered and focused, and our focus could be lost. We need to tune in and be honest with what are we listening to? What are we saturating our minds with? The next thing we need to be honest with is your doubt. We need to be honest with our own personal doubt. Have you ever questioned God? I have. There's been many times in my life and my journey that I've questioned God. Maybe it's when relationships went bad or people I love became sick and, and there's nothing we could do about it. I questioned God. I've been angry with him. And let's just be real. There are times when all of us doubt him. When we just don't get it. When we just don't understand it. This does not mean though, my friends, that you're a bad person. This does not mean that you're unspiritual. Being real with this is actually the path to authenticity. And authenticity strengthens our faith. So many times our faith is weak because we're not real. We're not authentic. Gideon doubted in this story. He doubted. Gideon was real about his faith. Look what happens in the story in Judges 6, verse 12. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now understand something. The people of Israel are not in a good place. For example, 2020 has not been a good year for us. Let's just be honest. It's not our favorite year. But to understand their situation, we need to turn up the heat of what we're experiencing today a little bit to understand their journey back then. Try, ha try having absolutely no food source whatsoever. You think the pandemic of the, of the toilet paper drought was bad? That was nothing compared to what they're going through in this moment. Add in another country enforcing their will on them, causing them to run to the hills to hide away. Live this out for seven years. Being worn down by, the, by, by all of this. And then for Gideon, the angel of the Lord comes along and says, Yo, Gideon, the Lord's with you. Mighty warrior, he's with you. Can you imagine the thoughts that just began to go through Gideon's mind? What thoughts would you have if you were Gideon in that moment? Can I just be honest? I may not be happy. I may be a little disappointed. And Gideon was not shy about how he felt. Look what Gideon says in verse 13. Pardon me, Lord? Excuse me, God? But if the Lord is with us, he says, why has all this happened to us? Where are all these, his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of, the, out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. 
Do you see the anger and the frustration and the disappointment and the doubt that's just boiling up out of Gideon in this moment? Gideon was real. He was honest with his doubt. And you know what? I think God appreciates that. I think he appreciates our authenticity. Because if we're not real with our doubt, then we'll never experience the hope that God has for us. He'll never be able to guide us and help us to grow to something better and greater. It's all part of the journey. It's all part of the journey. We need to be real and authentic. Stop living behind walls. Because it's going to tear you down if you don't. If you're not authentic and real in your journey, in your faith journey. Finally, be honest with, the, with what altars, altars you've built. You know, Gideon questioned the angel of the Lord. Then Gideon, then Gideon gave him a test to prove that he was really God, that he was really the angel of the Lord. And once Gideon received that confirmation, he built an altar to praise God. Then this happened in verses 25 through 26 of Judges 6. That same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, then the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of, his, of this height. Here God is challenging Gideon to get to the heart of the problem with the people of Israel. They built an altar to another God. They were worshiping and trusting in the God of another nation. They gave in to the culture war of their day. The following verse says that Gideon completed this task at night. You know why? Because the culture war was so intense. He was so fearful of what his family or the townspeople would do. In other words, the culture war was so real, so magnified, so intense that you could not disagree with the norm. Or else who you were and your very life could be in jeopardy. And that's what happened. The next morning, when the people saw the altar to Baal torn down, they were furious. And they asked, who did this? And when they realized and found out that it was Gideon, they demanded his death. Then Gideon's dad jumped in. And the Bible says in verse 31, but Joash, that's Gideon's father, replied to the hostile crowd around him. Are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. Can we think about it for just a moment? What altars have we built? What altars have you built? Now think about that and replace those altars Replace the name of Baal with your own personal altar. Are you so focused to plead that cause? Have you turned into a mob mentality like what Gideon fo faced on this day? So much so that you're more concerned about being right or winning this culture war battle than you are focused on the sight of Jesus and living for him. Let's be real with this. The people were mad 
because Gideon replaced the altar built of a worldly focus and replaced it with the altar for the Lord your God. Going to another biblical situation, there's a man by the name of Joshua. He was dealing with the people that were also lured into the moment of their day and lost focus. And here is Joshua's words to the people in Joshua 24, verse 15. He says to them, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the god of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But... As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My friends, we have some serious altars that we have built. Allow me to be just a little bit more specific due due to our current culture climate that we are in. Now, please don't mistake me. Don't get me wrong. I love our country. I love the values that our country was built upon. But there is a reason that we have always flown the Christian flag above the American flag. Ultimately, our allegiance is Christ, not a man-made government system. We need to be careful that our allegiance to a government or a particular political point of view has not become an altar that has cluttered our minds. Whatever happens in this election happens. It will never change the fact that Jesus is on the throne. It does not change the fact that those who are in him win. We win. Jesus already knows what's going to happen. He knows the election results. And he knows how it's going to play out. And he knows how you're going to react to it. And know this. Your reaction and my reaction to this is key to how his kingdom is viewed. It's a bigger picture. It is time for us to stop being so lured by the moment and get back to the eternal focus our altars are defined by the things we turn, we turn to when the complexities of an overwhelming life consume us. So the question that we need to ask ourselves, who do we turn to? Is it a hobby? Is it work? Is it politics? Or is it Jesus? And I know some of you are going to say, but Bill, hobbies are fun. They help me escape. But so often hobbies are causing us to escape Jesus, not the things of this world. But then you'll say, but Bill, Work is so vital for me to sustain my family and, my, and our, my family's quality of life. But the Bible specifically says Jesus is our sustainer. But Bill, this is such an important election year. But aren't they all? I mean, but this one is so important. So much is at stake. The biblical foundation of our country is at stake. Really? Since when? Has any government in this world been the biblical foundation of anything? The Bible specifically says that Jesus is our cornerstone, the rock on which we stand. These altars that we build, all they do is to create more clutter in our mind, more clutter in our lives, and more clutter in this world. 
it's time for us as Christians to stop turning to these altars and turn to the creator of everything that is. His name is Jesus. Jesus said this. He said in John 14 that he is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. And as Joshua stated to that crowd on that day, choose for yourselves on this day whom you will serve. But for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve him. You know, here's the reality, my friends. When we turn to other things, all we're doing is cluttering our minds. It's all we're doing. And we're losing focus of who Jesus is and what he wants us to be in these times. Know this, cluttered minds develop a sense of being overwhelmed. But also know this, clarity develops serenity. You want to find peace? It comes through clarity. Gideon was now gaining clarity. God was calling him to something bigger and specific to save the people of Israel from the nasty Midianites and Gideon wanted confirmation and in Judges 6 verses 36 through 7 it's written Gideon said to God if you will save Israel by my hands as you have promised look I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor if there is dew on, on, only on the fleece and not and all the ground is dry then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand as you said and then the next night, Gideon changed it up. He gave God the same uh, question and request. But this time he said he wanted the ground all wet and the fleece to be dry. And God answered both of those requests and did exactly as Gideon asked to reveal this is your calling. I think some of us need to throw a fleece out. Some of us have clutter in our minds and we're not sure which way God is calling and sometimes the clutter causes us to go down paths that we shouldn't be going or do pulling us away from what God may be calling us to be or to do and it might be down to time to throw down the fleece and say God if this is your will can you reveal it to me and I believe he will but you need to listen. Who are you tuning into? See, Gideon went through the journey. He listened. He readjusted his where he was tuning into. He was real with his doubt. He tore down the altar and he ran to, he turned to God. What about us? Oftentimes, we're not hearing him because we're tuning him out. We're not being authentic with our doubt. And we're worshiping other gods that we've built in our own life. We need to have clarity, but it doesn't just stop with clarity in our minds. Clarity brings action. Look back at the verse we read at the beginning of this message in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. In all your ways submit to him. And you catch it? He the God, the creator of everything that is, will make your paths straight. You see, God's got this. 
Just follow him. You don't have to get it all. Just follow him. Do what he calls you to do. Be what he calls you to be. Gideon was called to lead the army of Israel out to take on this mighty, horrible army of the Midianites. And here's what happened in Judges 7. I encourage you to read it. God then dwindled his army down. He took all of Israelites' army. Then he put Gideon through the task. He said, okay, take out those who are afraid. Take out those who drink in the creek like a dog. And before you knew it, all Gideon had was 300 men. And then with those 300 men, God instructed him to guide him to go around the Midianites at night with his trumpets in a, in a clay jar and that they would defeat the Midianite army. And they did. It's a fascinating story. We don't have time to tell it, but I encourage you to read Judges 7 to see it. But I ask the question, I tell you that story because you have to ask, why did God do this? Why did God dwindle the army to almost nothing and cause them to go take on a strong, mighty army with 300 men and no weapons? You know why? It was for God to reveal to Gideon and all the Israelites the fact that we just need to follow him. He's got this. We don't need to understand it. We don't need to always get it. We just need to be faithful. We just need to be faithful. And we need to walk with him. Life can be so overwhelming. But don't overcomplicate it. God's got this. And God's got you. You need to trust him. Be real with and honest with, with what you're tuning into. Are you tuning into God or are you being cluttered by the world and, and media outlets? Are you authentic and real with your doubt? Or do you have someone in the church that you can just be real? I don't get this. I don't understand this. I'm mad at God. That's okay. But be, be, be real with it. And be honest with what altars you have. And let's tear them down so that we can focus and turn to Jesus. Because then he can turn our doubt into hope in an ever complicated world. Because there's a bigger picture. If we just trust him, if we just lean on his understanding, and if we just follow him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much because you are good. And Lord God, I, I just want to be real. I need to be authentic. Lord, there's times when I focus on other things. I find things to try to escape this world and ultimately I'm just escaping you. But Lord, help me to be better at tuning into you. Lord, I just need to be real. I need to be authentic. Lord, sometimes I doubt and I have questions, but I just kind of stuff it in rather than being honest and open about it and talking to you and talking to somebody. Lord, I just need to be honest. I've built altars in my life that cause me to worship other things and, and get all bent out of shape about other things rather than making you the priority of my life and the very thing that I worship and I follow. Lord, I'm sure there are many people watching right now that may feel the same thing. Lord, in this moment, help us to, like Gideon, be real and be honest and turn to you. May we lean not on our own understanding, but on you. 
May we submit all of our ways to you. That we may have clarity and serenity in our hearts and our minds. That we may be obedient and following after, following after you. And that we may be light in this world. Father, I pray for each person who's watching this message right now. May you bless them. May you guide them to your heart. And may we all experience you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.